You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. As you can see, well, it's not Trey. It's me, Omari Salisbury. I got the pleasure of sitting in, filling in for my colleague, Trey Holiday. A well-deserved day off. And I'll be honest with you, I've kind of missed it around here. You know what I'm saying? Not enough to come back every day, but I definitely have missed it. It's good to be back here in the Black Media Matter studio. Before we get started, big shout out to our Live director, Salman Abkwashi, and of course, our Mr. Everything this summer, Ron Williams, taking pictures here today. Got a great show lined up for you, man. It looks like it's going to be pretty fast-paced. Uh, first up, we've got Bass of Gordon. Bass is going to check in. Talked about the fireworks last night. And, uh, man, Bass interviewed the CEO of, like, Bel Air. Bel Air Champagne, all the one, the black bottle, all you people out there popping. Well, Bass actually talked to the CEO of Bel Air. We'll talk a little bit about that. Then we've got Tia Yarbrough. Tia Yarbrough is going to be in the building. And if you know Converge, no matter what the show, you know that Public Health Seattle, King County, especially Zero Youth Detention, has been a partner of ours for a while. Um, and, you know, we're welcoming Tia to get some updates on some information that's going on over there at ZYD. But one of their biggest primary goals is something that's near and dear to our heart here at Converge Media, and that's the disruption of gun violence in Seattle and King County. And so it's going to be great to get some info there. And we'll see if he makes it through the door, but we're waiting for Willard Jimerson. And Willard Jimerson, also over there, public health uh, and zero youth detention. And just to give you guys some context, the 2018 or 2019, we launched a show with Willard Jimerson called Good Game Alert. And that whole show was about disrupting um, gun violence on the street and good game. Game is information. We wanted to give people good game. You know what I'm saying? Let me give you some good information before you make a bad decision. So really targeting young people who might be on the verge of making a bad decision or people who are getting out of prison and being able to offer some resources. And so, you know, when Willard is here, it's really it's an authentic conversation with Converge because well before protests, well before this and that, you know, you go back three years having a conversation with Willard. Before I jump into it today, and maybe I could do it all at the same time. First of all, welcome, Basic Gordon. Hey, how y'all doing? Hope y'all doing mighty fine. Uh, doing mighty fine. <laughs> and so before we go into everything today, the Vita Agency, which is our ad agency, turns five years old. Which is so crazy. I literally just did a post on IG and it was like, oh, shout out to Vita Agency. And I did it like last night, not even knowing that today was their birthday. So happy birthday. Yeah. Big shout out to Amalia and Amir and Ryan and Janine and everybody else at the Vita Agency. And by the way, if you're out there and you want to advertise on Converge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> those, are, those are the people that met you. Yeah, we're moving up in the world. I'm not up at 3 a.m. now. We're responding to emails. We no. actually have an ad agency who's managing all that stuff. So big shout out to Vita Agency. All right. So we got a few things to talk about with you. First of all, you know, it was the fourth, yep. you know, and I was asleep, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? The old man, and he popped up. You know, Take a little uh, nap. I, I was asleep, but you weren't asleep. People don't know. We, don't, we only live literally like one, two blocks from yeah. each other. You caught the fireworks last night. I Tell did. us all about it. So, okay, the beauty of living on South Lake Union, it could be a little loud over there. I'm not going to lie. But 
you know, my building has a rooftop. So I knew that the fireworks were going to be at Gasworks, being that Hits 106.1 was a part of the event. Jubal and Alex were over there, who does the morning show on Hits 106.1. So as soon as it hit, like, I think 1020, I went upstairs. Everybody in my building was upstairs. And we literally just went and enjoyed the fireworks. Um, I was really excited about it, though, because... I don't know if you guys realized, but it's literally been about three years since we had fireworks here. So this was the first year that we were able to actually bring back fireworks. Even last year on 4th of July, we didn't have fireworks in person. What they did was they used like a replay of some old best firework moments. I think that actually, you know what? That might have been New Year's. It was one of them, but it, it wasn't live. It was like all in video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I was doing last year on the fourth. Might have been doing the most somewhere. I can't. Might have been. I don't know what I was doing to be honest. I can't, I can't remember. What was I doing to? Ooh wee. Lord. July July fourth. No, I remember I was doing July fourth. Um. All right. So and fireworks were dope. You got a, yep. a great rooftop. You know what I'm saying. The view was there. It's good that the fireworks are back. I know a lot of people were excited about it and everything else. Right. Before we do move on to the next thing, though, I just want I feel much better today. So I'm able to just talk about this briefly in the yeah. best way. You know what I'm saying? July 4th was also the two year anniversary of when Summer Taylor was murdered there on I-5. And, you know, we were there mm-hmm. on on I-5 actually talking to the evening marchers when they were when they were there on the freeway. And I remember it vividly, the car entering the empty freeway, going around the barricaded cars ran right into a group of protesters killing Summer Taylor and critically injuring Diaz Love. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we say all the time, man, it's still summer season all year. The trial's coming up. You know, I'm, I think I'm going to be in the trial, uh, unfortunately. And But definitely um, want to, you know, shout out Summer Taylor's family. Okay, next up, because we got a bunch of stuff from you. Mm-hmm. Last week, you talked to Brett Barish. Yes, Brett Barish. And Brett Barish is the, the CEO of Sovereign Brands. But mm-hmm. most people know that the most famous brand within Sovereign Brand is Luc Belair, which Luke is Belair. yeah, Luke. Oh, look at you! You picked up on your French, huh? <laughs> Luke Belair, which is the black bottle. You know, yeah. I guess I got a few other bottles, but it's a champagne out of uh, uh, and it, in America doing doing really well, but globally, that whole brand is doing. It's one of the fastest growing brands in the world. Yeah. And the CEO sat down with you specifically to want to give some some insights on on branding and business development, mm-hmm. right? So me about it. We set this up. Well, you know what it is is I when I did some research on him, and I don't know about everyone else when they do their interviews, but I kind of like to meet people where they are. And with watching his interviews and being that he has a whole show about being self-made, it's actually called self-made. I just knew that that kind of interview would be best to be done about branding and marketing and growing a brand and making a successful brand. So in the clip that we actually have right here, I decided to ask Brett a question that I felt that I'd never heard him answer before, which was, do you feel that as someone that has multiple number one brands, do the brand create the brand? Brand, or shall I say, does the company create the look and feel for the brand and what the brand means, or does your consumer? As someone that has so many successful brands, do you feel like you really create your brand, or does the consumer create the brand? It's if a great, but it's both. It, it, so from the, it's a great question. Um, I like that. It's it's a combination. So to me, it's it's 
Um, what what's in the bottle? I use bamboo, my rum. You know, I wanted a taste that's better than our competition. I wanted something that's unique and different. I oh, nice, and you're empty. Uh, you're empty. Um, that's not clear liquid. That's empty liquid. No, it's empty. We drank that. Um, but I wanted a better tasting product, and I wanted a better story. And and all my brands have the same thing where I can't launch it in the market unless I feel like it's better than what I'm going up against. But once it gets out there, I don't know what I have. And the market and the consumer is the one who tells me. Um, he or she tells me where to go or or who's interested in it or who wants to get on board. So Wayne loves this brand. He's interested in it. I didn't approach him. Wayne loved the brand and wanted to be a part of this. So it wasn't part of the plan or or Bel Air. We've, we've got these groups out there, Bel Air Boys, Black Bottle Boys, Black Bottle Girls. That started with consumers. We embrace that. We, we own what the consumer did and we see its success that way. Um, Bamboo and, and in Canada, I love this story. Canada is our single biggest market in the world outside the U.S. And no one from our company has ever been there. Wow. How do you think that happened? It's they took hold of it. And so, to me, some people, you know, I, I, I want to embrace your, you gotta, it's the key to life. Embrace your fans, embrace your consumer, whoever they are, no matter where they come from, no matter who they are, you know, embrace them. And because I'm embracing that market, I'm saying, I want, okay, you like me. I like you. Let's go do something and let's keep feeding that in the country of Latvia. I had to look at a map to see where it was. We, we, we're the fastest growing brand in the whole country. Um, it's not like they're a rum market, but I embraced it because they love the brand. And if you do that, you can always win. All right. So I would say this. I watched the whole interview. It's like mm -hmm. 36 minutes. And one thing I will say is this is it's real interesting right here that in, in, in our city of Seattle, where all these big CEOs and everything hire all of these different firms and advertising and communication and PR and DEI and all this and that to try to be able to communicate effectively to us. Mm -hmm. And this guy, you know what I'm saying? One of the biggest brands out there in, their, in this consumer market didn't want nothing. You know what I'm saying? And didn't didn't pay you or us for anything like that. It was just like, man, I just want to give some game. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is they actually reached out to me. So I <laughs> it happened to be one of those days where I was checking my DMs and the request and I saw a blue check. I said, well, who is this? <laughs> so, wait a minute. <laughs> we have blue checks in the request area. Let's check that. So that's uh, how the interview actually ended up being done. They reached out to me and I was very happy and just frankly thankful that he was willing to give all that free game to not only just me, but different aspiring business owners. All right. Good stuff. Now, I know you we talked about it. And and if, if Trey was here today as a discussion, both of you guys have had because you've talked about it separately, but not together. But we, we've got this this clip here. It's the sizzle of when you and Treyana went down to Los Angeles. My fault. Excuse me. Can I get the camera, Mr. Director? When um, Basa Gordon and Trey Holiday was flewed out. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they got flewed out to L.A., Curtis Del Delgado II, uh, out there to L.A., to Hollywood, for the premiere of Hades Town, and we've got the video right here. All right, y'all. Trey Holiday in the building. We're right here at the SeaTac Airport, about to board this flight so we can get to L.A. Come on now. You know Converge is all over the place. Watch out as Converge takes L.A. 
They told us they wasn't going to disappoint. They did not disappoint at all. Not. It was a vibe. I almost cried. Yeah. But I want to see this again. This was good. It was that good. You know, you know, I felt some kind of way because you and Trey Holiday got the invite, got flewed out to L.A. and I had to stay here. But it's OK. I'm going to catch it uh, on the, the 12th, right? Yeah. So the first day to actually see it is going to be July 12th. The last day to see it will be July 17th. But tickets are literally on sale right now. Trey and I ended up interviewing the entire main cast along with the director. So you can not only get your tickets, but also see all of our interviews over at whereweconverse.com forward slash Hadestown. Forward slash Hadestown. All right, so last thing here, we see that Willard Jimerson did make it here now. Hey. So yeah, you got to put the phone on silent, though, Chief. You, oh, okay, you know, it's the house rules over here. Yeah, okay, that's in that reply email that you get. It says, please silence phone <laughs> before entering studio. All right, last thing is, is that this Saturday, you're back again. Last year was a big deal. It was Friends of Waterfronts block party over there at Pier 62. You and G. Prez Aspie, you're back again this year. It yes. looks like Trey Holiday's joining you as well, right? She is. So, you know, just like last year, Prez and myself, we will be hosting the Converge live stream. And then Trey will be on the stage emceeing the entire event for Friends of Waterfronts block party. Yeah, the waterfront. Meet me at the pier. It's going down. <laughs> and it's going to be nice. It should be like about 75 degrees this Saturday. Um, and the event's going to be from 48, 4 to 8 p.m. It's free. And I hope to see you guys there. Yeah. And like I said, if you go down to the pier. We really want people to go down to the pier, but we know not everybody can make it to the pier. And so Friends of Waterfront was real intentional. If you can't make it to the pier, they can watch the, all the activity right here uh, on Converge be live stream. Mm -hmm. Basic Gordon, before we let you go, look at that camera right there. Tell everybody how they keep up with you. Uh, shoot, I keep it really simple. You can keep up with me on social media. Every single one of my platforms is Basic Gordon. And then actually all week, you can hear me on Hits 1061, middays 11 to 2 p.m. Hello. All right. Thank you, Basa. You're welcome. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, man, it's serious business. We're talking to Tia Yarbrough from Zero Youth Detention. You're watching The Day with Trey. What up, y'all? It's T-Dub. I'm here at Converge Media to let you know about my new venture, The Resole. We are introducing Seattle's first dry cleaner for sneakers, and we want you to be a part of it. Head over to www.theresole206.com this Juneteenth weekend for our official website launch. Hey guys, Vesa Gordon here. Just so you know, Friends of Waterfront's blog party is back this year. And of course, myself and G Prez will be back hosting the full on live stream on Converge in case you can't be there. Look, it literally all goes down this Saturday at Pier 62. And not only will myself and G Prez be there, you know my girl Trey Holiday is going to be on the stage emceeing the entire event. You don't want to miss it. Just like last year, there will be food, there will be games, there will be music, there will be performances, and there will also be some dancing. So look, make sure you pull up to Pier 62 this Saturday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. We will see you there. And of course, I do have to make sure I give an amazing shout out to our sponsor of this year's Friends of Waterfront blog party, which happens to be Stanley. So again, I'll see you guys this Saturday and make sure you wear something cute. That way we can take some photos. All right, welcome back to the day with Trey. My name is Omari Salisbury, filling in for my good colleague, Bayana Holiday. Joined right now on the set by Tia Yarbrough. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Now, you know, zero youth detention. You know, we talked about it early on in the, in the beginning of the show is 
it's been a, basically a partner. It's like an un, you know, unwritten agreement, but partner because you know we we really have some of the same goals, and of course the goal of violence disruption and Absolutely. creating safer communities and neighborhoods Absolutely. across King County. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm just excited to be here today. Um, today, we're just talking about the community safety and well-being plan and really wanting to get community feedback. And I wanted to detail a little bit about our process. So in um, Executive Dow Constantine in 2020 declared racism a public health crisis. I got my notes today because this is an important yeah. issue. And so Come I don't want to miss anything. And so, Mari, thank you for letting me have this big piece of paper in my hand. You should have seen me at the Emmys. People, people. <laughs> hey, look, I wasn't going to mess it up. I have big old piece. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So Executive Dow Constantine declared racism a public health crisis in 2020. In 2021, um, gun violence was declared a health emergency. And so that kicked in motion um, our plan, which we needed to convene with 19 partners against uh, across community and county to make sure that we address the, the urgency that was had as a result of COVID-19, the stress as a result of what was happening in our communities. And so this is where the community safety and well-being plan was birthed. And so we're in a couple different phases. Um, so initial data walk showed a disproportionate number of black and brown young people who were impacted by gun violence. And so the regional community safety and well-being plan is the response to that urgent need. And so with the commitment to undergo a long term planning process, we recognize the need to address uh, the immediate issues of gun violence. And so we thank Converge for being a partner and always elevating this important issue because gun violence is immediate crisis in our community. And so the community safety and well-being plan is a part of that. Um, and we engaged with uh, Cities United, which is a uh, which is an organization out of Louisville, Kentucky that provides technical assistance and they helped us in mapping out this process. And so I just wanted to detail a little bit about that process and make sure people know how we want them to be a part of that process. Yeah, no, the floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so again, we worked with Cities United. It's an organization out of Louisville, Kentucky that provides technical assistance to jurisdictions and creating frameworks for addressing gun violence. Uh, zero Youth Attention worked in collaboration uh, to map out this uh, multi-phase process Process and engage our elected leaders. And so in elevating the community-led uh, solutions. And so just a little background, there's this process has been in two phases. And so the first phase was about identifying regional and historical data. And that second milestone was engaging key partners. And so that was the beginning of this process. We're now completing phase two. And so phase two is the work groups. And so that's where I jumped in. I joined a zero youth detention about four months ago. And so it's been really an honor to work with public health and to be a part of this process. I'm one of the strategic advisors for community led safety. And so, uh, again, elevating this important work. Um, and so we had five directions that helped uh, to lead or that were the thematic themes for uh, the work groups. And the uh, the five work groups were community led safety. Uh, juvenile justice, education, workforce development, and uh, health and human services. And so of those five work groups, uh, there were five recommendations put forth from each work group. It was really important for me to note that these groups were co-led by community and systems facilitators, and they worked through the milestones below, um, collaboratively developing key directions, establishing oversight and accountability, identifying and securing resources, and uh, editing and reviewing and disseminating the recommendations. And 
And so that's really why I'm here today is because we're in that final phase of the recommendation process. We had a chance to, uh, during that phase, there were 45 key partners who were convened and more than 90 different meetings were held to engage in policy discussions and uh, around these areas of concern and strategically identify solutions. And so really the recommendations is where we want community to be involved in. All right. So there's a lot. There's a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the thing is, is so it's, it's a few things. I'm glad that Executive Constantine 2020, you know, so it was a racism is what? It's a public health crisis. Hey, man, it's better late than never. You <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's real interesting. And, you know, I don't know. Can everybody go like five minutes long today? This is a real important conversation. We good. Everybody got an extra five minutes. So the, the thing is, a few things that, that you bring up here in this process. And one, I'm glad that we were part of the process, that that ZYD call to action video. You know what I'm saying? And that was actually voiced at the time by Derek Wheeler Smith. Yes. Yeah, we, we put that video together. We thought it was important to be able to get this call to action, this information that's in here. Um, and it's just real interesting. And I'm glad that ZYD has stayed above the fray of politics and everything else. And I'm going to let you guys stay there. So I'm going to go and talk my talk okay. so you can stay there. <laughs> but a year ago, when Willard Jimerson and Derek Willard Smith and Buki Gates, a lot of people, uh, Gurmai Zahalai, a lot of people were sitting there saying, like, man, gun violence is an epidemic. This is a public health crisis. This is what's going on. And you know what? Didn't nobody couldn't get nobody in this city to really act or care about anything. You know what I'm saying? The, the mayor at the time, Mayor Durkin, put up, I think, $1.25 or something close to $2 million for regional peacekeepers, the big data program and everything else. And we used to come on Converge and almost cry and then some days would cry, said, how can we get this city to care? How can we get somebody to care? How can we get these elected officials to just acknowledge what's happening? And everybody was quiet. And then people were like, oh, public health uh, emergency, epidemic, pandemic, what are you talking about? until gun violence took over the whole municipality. Mm -hmm. And you see, when rich white people get impacted, things change. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When it's just us poor, marginalized, black, brown people who's sitting over here dying in D2 and D3, well, you know, let's do something. It wasn't until gun violence started impacting some of these most affluent neighborhoods in the city where people are like, oh, we have to do something about gun violence. Something has to be done. What's happening with gun violence? And then the disrespect continues because the people with the biggest voices who are like, well, you know what? We've got ZYD here. We've got public health. We've got big data. These guys have been boots on the grounds for years. They've been doing this and that. They disregard. They disregard all the stuff that public health has been doing to disrupt gun violence, to placate these people from the affluent neighborhoods who are now impacted. And it's crazy. They're like, we have to do something about gun violence. And I'm like, we as Converge and us as a community have been saying this for decades generationally but it ain't until rich white people in this city is impacted that now it's a big enough problem anyways i needed to throw that out there because you know what i'm saying i know that you guys and i appreciate how you don't go into this political world because you're real focused on your work but viewers need to understand that y'all been doing the work public health been doing the work for years you know what I'm saying? You get disregard. You get these mayors out there in South King County who are like, oh, something has to be done. We're all about gun violence. And, it's, and they disregard these black led efforts. You know what I'm saying? You talk to these mayors in South King County about gun violence. See if they'll mention a ZYD. See if they'll mention a Derek Wheeler Smith. See if they'll mention a regional peace. If they act like none of those things exist because they black led. 
You know what I'm saying? And they're coming out of public health. And so anyways, all you guys out there, you mayors out there in South King County and everything else who want to disregard the work of public health, Seattle, King County, there's at least one person right here who knows and will continue to remind you. And I'm, I'm going to continue to call you out that you shouldn't be disregarding these community led efforts here to disrupt gun violence. that has been going on for years. Woosa. Woosa. All that being said, what do you want the public to do? Well, I want the public to know, thank you for uh, what you just shared. I think that transparency and um, the the heart and passion that went behind that, thank you for acknowledging the work that's being done. Um, and gun violence isn't new. Our communities have been impacted uh, for years. And so uh, the declaration came when it did, but we know that we've been experiencing the impacts of gun violence for many years and our communities have suffered as a result of it. And so a part of this healing process is the community-led safety and well-being plan. And so what I want people to know is that we want the voices of those most impacted. My colleague's gonna join us in a moment. Will's gonna talk to us a bit more about the regional peacekeepers and the work that you just noted. But I want folks to come out and to make sure that they're a part of this process. On June 9th, uh, the recommendations were presented to the executive roundtable of local elected officials led by Executive Constantine and Mayor Harrell and Council Member Prince to elevate the recommendations and also to gather their additional feedback. Today we're here to share this update on the work so we uh, can ask you, our community, for your vital feedback. That's why I'm here. I want your feedback. I want you to respond to the survey that, we're, that will go live this Thursday, July 7th. And it's going to be on the Zero Youth Detention um, webpage. And so I want to make sure that um, that is elevated and that it's noted that we want the community feedback to be a part of this survey. And our next phases will move towards securing resources and implementing uh, the shared regional community safety well-being plan. And your input is critical to the long-term success of the goal of creating environments where we can all be healthy, hopeful, safe, and thriving. And so we're requesting that you join us in completing the community feedback survey. Again, it's going to go live Thursday, July 7th on the Zero Youth Detention website. Uh, once we complete our feedback process, we'll see you here again on Converge. And so that's going to be really important that we get the community's feedback because recommendations are put forth oftentimes. But we want the voices of those who are most impacted to be a part of it. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. So this is Thursday. We're going to send out the link uh, okay. to our email blast. We're going to do this and that. I'm going to set a time where director someone, either you or Will or somebody ZYD, comes make a PSA. Don't worry, we'll use the teleprompter. You read right there. So we got video, okay. you know what I'm saying, the community, and we're telling people exactly where to go. We put the Absolutely. website link in there. You know, it's Converge. Okay. How we do anything is how we do everything, come especially on. when it comes to these young people. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We want to do our part. Absolutely. Well, again, I just appreciate you having us on. Um, again, I am not new to this work. I'm new to public health and zero youth detention, uh, but it's it's important. It's my passion. It's my heartbeat. Uh, interrupting the school to prison pipeline. You know, I was a school leader for a number of years, and now I get a chance to be a strategic advisor with public health and zero youth detention. And so these recommendations are close to my heart. It's my first body of work that I'm holding, and I want to make sure community voice is a part of this process, that they get a chance to look at what these groups spent over a year almost uh, constructing. Right. All right. Well, this is good stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I will say this is the, the second press conference that Mayor Harrell had, maybe second or third. It was about homelessness and gun violence. And the, the, my question that I asked Mayor Harrell was, are you working with King County 
with all the stuff that they got going on, everything from big data to interruption and everything else. What he said at the time was like, man, I'm down to work with anybody who's going to stop the gun violence. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that the mayor is with you on this. That's a good thing to hear. Tia Yarbrough, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amari. All right. We're going to take a quick, quick break right now because we are, I know we're already over time, but it's an important <laughs> discussion. We got Willard Jimerson. If you're from the hood, you know it's Willie J. Coming up right after the break, you're watching The Day with Trey. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faith. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. All right, welcome to Overtime with the day with Trey. You know what I'm saying? We're a bit over today, but real important discussion. My name is Omari Salisbury, filling in for my colleague, Trey on a holiday. Joined now by Willard Jemerson, Public Health, Seattle King County, Zero Youth Detention. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Omari. It's, it's definitely it, a pleasure to be in space with you. Right. And But before we jump into everything, it didn't even welcome back. It's, it's man, welcome back home. And yes. before you got here, you see, I was singing your praises. They said that it well, well before the protest, well before the murder of George Floyd, well before COVID, everything else, we had our show and we're waiting for some time. I would, yes. you know, what I'm saying you always are home right here for our, our show. Good game alert. Yes. And now the whole point of good game alert was really to give good information to community members, to young people before they make that that decision to pick up a gun. Yes. And also people returning back home from the from being incarcerated, how to integrate back into the system. Yes, so I will say Willard Jimerson, a one from day one yes, right sir. here on the Converge yes, Network. Yes, sir. Thank you. I, and I'm. It's a pleasure to be back home. You know, um, it's also a pleasure to be in space with you to just say thank you. I know we're in the heat of a heavy topic um, around gun violence and the impacts it's been having on our community and our nation. And I just wanted to just say, you know, uh, all congrats to, to Converge for the Emmy Award, for the wonderful work you're doing community, you know, just highlighting the voices of those who are not always nestled in conversations that are important. And for the most part, that may be an impact in their lives. So I just want to say thank you and take my hats off to Converge for that. I appreciate it. Yes. But see, I, unlike you with all that hair, I can't <laughs> I take my hat off. Well, you know, they say grass don't grow on the busy street. Man. You've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of work. All right. So we we, we heard from from Tia earlier, yes. you know, and really the call to action for community feedback. And I think you're here now. Tell us about the regional peacekeepers. Right. Yes. And what's going on with that? Yeah. So as the regional peacekeepers collective, we just want to highlight, you know, this as a go first strategy um, in connection to the community led, uh, you know, public safety work that that was highlighted by Tia Yarbrough. And we are, you know, making sure and trying to ensure that folks from community are informed on what's going on, what's impacting community, want their voice to be a part of a collective decision making that brings resources and usher those resources into the space and into the lives of young folks in community that are deserving of that opportunity to have those resources. So with the Regional Peacekeepers Collective, we were officially formed in 2021, as you stated earlier, you know, that we've been boots on the ground, uh, collectivizing and really collapsing silos that exist not only in communities, but oftentimes may show up in different, you know, spaces like 
organizations who are leading certain efforts around intervention, prevention and restoration. So we was we was ensuring around this particular emergency issue around gun violence. How can we collapse those walls over overlap strategies amongst different organizations, collectivizing and bringing together a network to provide resources into the community and into the spaces, into the lives of young folks and families who are deserving of those opportunities. That's what we've been able to do with the Regional Peacekeepers Collective. But more so importantly, um, highlighting that, you know, gun violence is not only an uptick nationally, but it's impacting Seattle and throughout King County. We've seen in different parts of King County and southern parts of King County um, where it's been a 200 percent increase in gun violence. Uh, just speaking to that chief um, out, out of that south part of King County, he also informed me that they are now 22 percent higher than that 200 percent increase. Uh, last year's data showed us that 372 people uh, were, were not fatally shot. We had 88 homicides and 1,405 uh, shot fired incidences. And the data reflects that over 50% of those, those victims are black you know, men and male uh, in Seattle. So we want to make sure that everybody get the resources that they need and are deserving to have a quality life. And could you, could you touch on this just quickly? Because I keep saying it in a larger sense, but I'm saying like big data. Can you talk about how I know it's the peacekeepers, but how all these other things play into the peacekeepers, how you guys are taking the data and what the data says, like if you know somebody who's been shot, then your chances are higher. And then like how guys are, are intervening there, maybe at Harborview, when when you have a shooting victim and you're trying to stop retaliation, how all these things pay, play into keeping the peace. Yes, sir. Um one of the things just to highlight that is we're really developing this gold standard around training. Um, I refer to the team that I work with as the, the Navy SEALs of this work, for, for the lack of a better term, meaning that they're getting elicit the, the best training from the best trainers who understand culturally nuances, uh, different specific nuances culturally that speaks to this particular uh, new kind of public health worker that we're referring to. Um, and also still in some of the jargon or the verbiage of Dr. Akil Bashir, who we are in uh, a part of his training as well through the critical incidents response, where he said this is this work is putting the public back into public safety. So what we're doing is we're, we're really training and, and raising a professionalism around folks who have been similarly situated as a population that they're serving to be resourced, but ensuring that they're getting what they need to meet their professional needs as well. So a part of that is having this high gold standard training that gives them what they need so they can stand on the front lines around a critical incidents response. They know how to engage properly around outreach. They know how to support the young folks around case management. And as you mentioned, we have a client referral manager as well, and we have bedside support. We have a partnership with Harborview Medical Center. And it was important because that data, as you mentioned, led us to some of these things that let us know that we needed to develop a relationship with Harborview Medical Center. As we know, doctors in those spaces want to see people be healthy and whole and thriving, but they don't have the resources substantially to move them from just being stitched up and in, in, in things of that nature. So we've been able to have a partnership with ZYD and Harborview Medical Center. We've been able to place a, um, a community interventionist, violence interventionist into that space. And a part of that is because the data shows within 17 hours, if you do not disrupt and interfere with violence that shows up in that particular space that there's opportunity for, for retaliation and the spread of the, the infection of disease to, to spread. And so we want to make sure that they're getting that bedside care, that bedside support. So any space that these incidents are showing up in, we have a unique trained um, elite staff that responds to that and gives the support that is needed. All right. I see you guys out there working. 
you know, as yes. usual. Um, and, you know, I mean, we, we've seen it all kind of come together over the last few years here. Uh, we want to continue to do our job to, you know, to amplify these efforts. You know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to just put you and Tia and ZYD out of business. Yeah, I know it's going to take a while. Yes. We want you guys to move on with the other places of your career. You yes. know what I'm saying? Take yes. them skills. It's going to take a lot of effort, man. But you yes. know what I'm saying? We we want to be able to just to man to get after this 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 gun violence issue. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about the regional peacekeepers? I'm really just emphasizing, you know, that this is a go first strategy. This is really creating something of what of a little bit of of creating an opportunity for young folks to have a space to blossom. So we know that everything is not well dealt with the Regional Peacekeepers Collective. This is putting the public, once again, back into public safety to stop the hemorrhaging, for the lack of a better term, in terms of the bleeding and the toxicity that some of these young folks are, are, are faced with every day. But we also need um, overlapping strategy and accountability from various partners as Tia has raised around our community-led public safety work. It takes more than just critical incidents, responders, people that are um, understanding intervention, prevention, and restoration. But we need we need doctors. We need lawyers. We need other yeah, different community folks. I mean, and the people realize too is it's it's crazy because if you if you look at this through the lens of public health, then you know you want to pay people accordingly, and that's the thing. This is dangerous work. I remember I talked to to, to Prosecutor Satterberg, man. It was like a year ago. He was like, "Hey, look, man, this is dangerous work. These guys is out there, man. These young people, you know, what I'm saying, trying to get people to put down guns. They can get killed. They can get shot. This is dangerous work. People are over there doing." And I remember, well, you know, a conversation was, "Is that getting the public to understand that this is this is public health work?" Yes. And when you look at it like that, as opposed to oh, some black folk out there trying to get the kids, put the gun down. No, man, this is like you said, it's critical. This is this is your elite team here. This highly trained in all of these different categories. There's things to support. We got to get out of here. We're 10 minutes over time, man. That camera right there, Willard. Is there anything you want people to know or how to reach ZYD or support? We want to ensure that you guys take the, the, the survey link that's going to be provided that's going live here Thursday uh, to enlist your response around these recommendations. We need the support as as, you know, highlighted here by Converge. It takes all of us to be able to, you know, to quell um, and, and and extinguish, you know, the threat of harm in a form of gun violence. And so we're all doing our part. We want everybody to step up and do their part as well. And so we're just asking for the community to step in and support these young folks who are deserving of an opportunity to be supported. All right. You know, we're going to do our part. Uh, Salma, I can we can send these guys back down here. They can make a PSA and everything. Yeah. See, we, we're going to do our part, man. We want to be able to disrupt. You know what I'm saying? We've actually got King Five in the building right here, right now. And so so maybe when we talk to, to, to Bert over here, maybe we can get some on Thursday sometime over there. Maybe King Five can also elevate your efforts that you're that you're doing right here. You know what I'm saying? We want to. We want to use there. There is no competition in the goal of disruption of gun violence. So let, let's make the rounds across every station here in Seattle if we can. All right. We like that. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, Willard. Want to thank everybody for staying with us. 11, 12 minutes overtime. Sorry, Trey. You know what I'm saying? I'll make it up to you. Um, Treyana is back to tomorrow. And actually, I'm on the road. We're on the road. Me and Vaughn, uh, Ike Everhart, Brady McAtee, Shaylon. Uh, McLennan, we're heading down south with Baseball Beyond Borders. Baseball Beyond Borders, uh, along with, with uh, 
Dan Wilson, former Mariner Dan Wilson. We're going to Alabama and Mississippi. They're going to play some ball games down there. We're going to learn about um, reconciliation. You know what I'm saying? Is one of the discussions we're having down there. And also going to be visiting a bunch of civil rights museums. If you guys follow us at Converge, you know, baseball beyond borders, man, means a lot to us. We're always covering, man. People figure we're a baseball network. So we're always covering baseball stories. So we'll be out of here for the next few weeks. But of course, you'll have Trey here every day. Um, appreciate your viewership. Appreciate your support. And I guess I'll leave you with the old standby. Go forward in your purpose. Go forward in your humanity. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.